Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host, Teresa Reese, and y'all know how we do it. I am going to read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind, Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. And tonight's poem is entitled Movement. Here we go. There was a time when I would hear your voice. Butterflies would dance inside my stomach. There was a time when you would make a request and I would try to move heaven and earth just to honor it because I loved you. There was a time when it seemed like my existence was only possible because of you. But time has passed and I've moved on. And the good thing is you have too. Look at the both of us now. My heart was once broken, but it has since mended. The love I had didn't leave. Over time, it just expanded. At first, I didn't understand, but in the end, I eventually got it. What we experienced together will never be forgotten, but it must have been designed to make me a much better person. So I hope that y'all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. And I'm not quite sure why I called it movement in terms of this poem. But what I do think about is how love moved me to see things from a much broader perspective. And where I once was engulfed in that particular relationship and I couldn't see past that individual and I felt like that would be the only person that I would ever be able to love to the capacity that I was able to love that individual. Over time, I've come to recognize that love takes on various forms. And I have since since loved another. However, it's amazing how when I look back over this poem and I realize that it's a blessing to have loved at least one person in your life to be able to recognize and to know what that felt like, what that experience truly was. And this particular relationship that I spoke of in this poem lasted over a span of a decade. And there were so many nuances to that relationship so many things that I learned about myself before, during, and after 
because initially we had started off as merely just friends and then it developed into something more and then it's crazy to me how you can go through this season where when you're looking at an individual and you truly only see them from a platonic perspective nothing else it's like you hang out with them you trip out with them you have a good time like they literally become one of your best friends and then something happens where you look up and then you're like I think I like you more than just my friend I think I want to delve into what this could potentially be and then next thing you know once y'all cross over the friendship line and you become romantically involved then you look at that individual from a totally different perspective and now you go from friendship to lover and as your lover you start to have a, a totally different dialogue with them you start to talk about your future together. You start to talk about whether or not you want children. You start to talk about what life together looks like. You even discuss marriage. And then, this is not for every situation, but for this particular situation that I ended up in, there was a sense of possessiveness that I believe both of us were warring with and we did not know how to put that at bay. So that's when it turned into a toxic relationship because now I'm trying to control you and you're trying to control me and it turned from something that initially started off so innocent and so healthy and full of platonic love to where when it evolved into the erotic love, next thing you know, it's like, I don't want nobody else to know what I got. But instead of handling it in a healthy way, it became possessive. And so in the midst of that, you might find yourself thinking or even saying, I don't want nobody else to have you. Or he may tell you, I don't want nobody else to have you. And you can't see yourself outside of being together. You've lost, especially if you're having kids, because we had kids. So it's like, we got so far deep in, we didn't know how to pull ourselves out. And by the time we recognized how it had taken a toxic turn, it was too little too late and so I look over that and I'm like I'm grateful for the children that were conceived and I'm grateful for the experience because it taught me the different levels of love so to speak but it also taught me what I don't want to go through again and so sometimes you got to experience what you don't want to go through in order for you to realize, I know that I want more and I know that I want better. And I definitely don't want to duplicate that again. 
because it was unhealthy. I didn't like how it made me feel. I didn't like how it made him feel. <sighs> Where we were once friends, now it's as if we turned enemies. And that's really not good for anybody. So that experience taught me that sometimes it is better for you to move out of that situation and hopefully into better days and brighter days, a better relationship, a healthier relationship to where you don't have to repeat the same type of mistake. Hopefully when you're making mistakes, you're learning from your mistakes. And I believe I repeated the same mistake a few times until I recognized that there was a pattern and then had to consciously make a decision not to keep repeating that same pattern. And part of that was allowing people to be who they are instead of trying to change them for the sake of whatever. Because the reason could change depending on the season. So I'm finally at that point that I'm like, this is who I am in my authentic existence. The person that I desire, my purpose partner, I want him to be in his authentic existence. And I want it to be and I desire for it to be where we can recognize our strengths and our weaknesses and find a way to be together to where it gives God glory and to where I become the very best version of myself and knowing him and he becomes the very best version of himself and knowing me to where we complement each other and not curse each other with our words and our actions where we are able to edify one another and elevate one another in our speech and in how we treat each other, whether we are in each other's presence or in each other's absence, to where our children can look upon our union and smile, to where they recognize that it's genuine and that there's nothing shady about it, to where they know that the love that we have for each other is real. Not pretend, not for play play, not for a united front, but it is heartfelt, it is genuine, and it is real. So I may be waiting way longer than I desire because maybe there's still areas that I need to either heal from or grow from or both same with him but the desire to have my true purpose partner is stronger now than it's ever been before I don't even think that I could articulate to God what it was that I really truly wanted in a mate instead what I was doing was seeing what was before me whether it be through television or other relationships and I was picking and choosing I like that I would love that I like that I would love that but I didn't really have my own definition of what it looked like 
to display love and administer love to my purpose partner and what it meant to receive love and be ministered to. I didn't know how to articulate that to God. I didn't know how to write that down. I didn't know how to write my vision down and make it plain. I had no earthly clue. All I knew is that I wanted to be loved, but I didn't even have a right definition of what love, true love looked like to me. What true love felt like to me. Because so many things had happened to me prior to my even being exposed to any presentation of love. It had already been perverted before I was able to even grasp what it looked like. It had already been tainted before I even could comprehend what it felt like. It had already been messed with through physical abuse, through my being molested, through my being raped. So before I could ever truly grasp what I desired when it came to love being ministered to me, it had already been shaken. It had already been stirred. And so I already had a false perception of what I thought true love was supposed to look like and feel like and be like in my life. So when true love manifested, I was self-sabotaging because I didn't know any better. But now I've learned through past experiences, by doing the work, by writing my vision down and making it plain, by confessing my sins to God, by confessing my sins to my peers, by holding myself accountable and knowing my worth. I had to, God had to show me my worth because anytime that you've been a victim of any type of abuse, verbally, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. That process of healing, it hits a little different. So I literally had to unpack a lot of pain before I could get to the heart of the matter. And I'm so glad that I took the time out to do just that. Because unpacking your pain is a lot. And it could be a bit much. And sometimes you got to do that literally in parts. Like you got to, I'm, I'm going to deal with this right now today. It might take about three to four days for me to cry it out, write it out, deal with it, scream it out, punch it out, do whatever I need to do. Then I'm going to compartmentalize that once I've unpacked it. Once I've dealt with it. Once I've owned it. So now I can put this away. It'll go over here. Now I'm going to deal with this over here. And the whole purpose is to heal. The whole objective is to heal. 
not to blame, but to heal so that you can recognize your triggers so that you can recognize the things that you never, ever, 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 ever want to go through again. The things that you want to avoid if you can so that you never have to feel that magnitude of pain again. You learn to recognize that when people show you who they are, believe them. Don't allow a person who is showing you the essence of who they are right up front. Don't try to make excuses for them. It's something that I was told by my aunt years ago. And I feel like that also helped me in a sense in my healing process. Because she said... When you start to see certain people and they're showing you who they are, you need to put a label on them. That way you can trust them to be who they are instead of pretending that they're someone that they're not. I'm paraphrasing because it's been a long time, but that's pretty much what I drew from that conversation. And so I have learned that in doing that, it has helped me to deal with certain people a lot easier It's helped me to not put myself in certain situations or enter into certain relationships romantically or otherwise because I have placed a label on that individual and I can see the individual for who they are. So when they start having conversations with me, it doesn't matter how they try to sugarcoat it. I've already recognized your angle. I've already recognized your objective. So you can only go so far with me now because I've been able to see you for who you are. I'm learning how to love people from a distance. That's something that I didn't always do. What I used to do was let them get really, really close and then stab me in the back and then be like, how did how did that happen? And so gradually I'm learning this person really isn't for you, girl. They smile in your face all the time they're trying to take your place that backstabber so it's like now when you recognize that get close to me for what for what but I wasn't always that way wasn't always that way and so yeah you gotta do the work the longer that you put off doing the work doing the work the longer you put it off the longer your process will be. And really in the at the end of the day, you're really only hurting yourself by not doing the work because it even though yes, you may shed a lot of tears. When you start to unpack that stuff instead of have it boggled down on the inside of you and then it spews in all these different crazy ways, it just makes you feel lighter. That's the best way for me to put it. It makes you feel lighter. So I do hope that this has encouraged someone. I know that I've been encouraged. Um, This is going to conclude my episode on tonight. But before I completely end it, I wanted to read a letter to my future hubby. And it is dated June the 27th of 2021. Here we go. It says, Dear future hubby, 
I was listening in on a subject matter earlier today on Clubhouse. And one of the gentlemen said ever so confidently the following. Men measure how much time, energy, and investment they have put into a relationship concerning the woman they are dating, which is what lets that man know when exactly to take their relationship with that particular woman to the next level. Hmm. While I've been on this dating episode or fiasco or whatever you want to call it, while I've been dating, because <laughs> I just recently implemented it again, we'll call it my dating season. During my, my recent dating season, that's the best way to put it, I guess. I have also heard a lot of single women say this. If the man doesn't know if whether or not marriage is something he is working towards, I don't go out on a date with him. Well, this is what I can say. I believe this is just my personal opinion. Although I can understand why the single women say this, this is, I believe, a way of them guarding their hearts because they they really don't want to be dealing with nobody that is just trying to play the field. Trust me, honey, I get it. I so get it. But I've also changed my perspective to dating. And maybe it's, maybe it's because I know how serious... Um, I know what my objective is. I know that my objective is my future hubby to meet cross paths with my future hubby i know that that's truly my objective but i'm not trying to put a whole lot of pressure on nobody nor am i trying to be anxious for anything at all so right now my approach to dating is really just to see what type of caliber of people are out in the world right now because i've been so out of it for so long that i literally just kind of I'm just trying to educate myself. That's really what I'm doing at this juncture. However, what I can say is that I believe that this depends on the man. Simply because I've met quite a few men where marriage wasn't even on their minds at all. Talking about in the past. However, when they came across the right woman for them... The woman who seemed to match their frequency on every level. They were trying to knock down walls to put a ring on it. I've also met the type of man who marriage was at the forefront of his list. But he didn't take any real time to get to know his bride. Therefore, the rest is history. And yet, there have also been a couple of guys that I've known where they were only dating their woman for six months, maybe eight months. And they're still married to this very day. I'm talking about 15 to 20 years later. 
So, in my opinion, it depends on the man in terms of where he's at. Because, ladies, some of these men are doing the very thing that we're doing. We're vetting these men. They're vetting us women. So, if they feel as if you're trying to rush them to the altar, they're also going to feel like you're hiding something. Why are you trying to make me hurry up and marry you? I don't even know you like that yet. They may have more to lose than you have to lose. You got to keep that in mind. So yes, do you want marriage to be the end game? Of course. But do you want to rush? I hope not. I hope not. But another thing that I've also heard which made me think about the times when I haven't spoken about my boundaries and what my boundaries are versus when I have spoken about my boundaries and what my boundaries were. And this was profound to me. Boundaries only offend the person or persons who are benefiting from you not having any boundaries. This same statement could also apply to standards. Ladies, gentlemen, when you define what your standards are and when they are clearly defined in terms of what you expect when you're dating, what you expect when you're courting, you name it, what you expect if you're not going to be trying to have sex before marriage, if you are practicing abstinence, if you are practicing celibacy, if you, once you name what your standards are, once you name what your boundaries are, that you're dating with intention, that you're dating because marriage is literally what you want, that's your objective. Pay attention to the caliber of people that you will attract. And also pay attention to who begins to fall by the wayside. Now, don't get it twisted. There will be some people. That's why you, you literally, if you don't have discernment, pray for discernment. If you don't have wisdom, pray for wisdom. If you don't have an accountability partner, ask for an accountability partner. But when it comes to keeping it 100, as close to 100 as you can, in my opinion, I don't think you could do this by yourself, boo. You may have to incorporate some accountability. You may have to pray for some guidance. You may have to pray for some discernment and you may have to pray for some godly wisdom. And the only reason why I say that is because there are wolves in sheep's clothing. There are people out there that they do this as a profession. They're called con artists. There are people out there that will have you believing that the lie is the truth. So the only way, in my opinion, that you can stay guarded and you can truly guard your heart 
is to have the right people in place that hopefully can see what you can't even see while you're trying to find your purpose partner or be found by your purpose partner. And ladies, don't get it twisted. Even though the Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing, obtains favor from the Lord, you still have to make a choice of who that person is when he's looking to find you. You still got to say, yeah. He could tell you all day long, you're my wife, you're my wife, you're my wife. But it's going to take you to say, I am your wife before the two could become one. I'm just saying. But in my opinion, once you set your boundaries and your standards, you'll then begin to see the hearts of many, yourself included. So dear future hubby, I hope you're doing the work. I know I am. I love you. Love, Teresa. So I hope that y'all have the most amazing evening, morning, or afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode. But please, do me a huge favor and take care of yourself because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl, Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.